Good morning, everyone. Welcome to Spin Class. We're talking politics. Your host, Michael Fragan and Phil Goldfeder here on the Nachum Siegel Network, NachumSiegel.com, and around the world on our Sheva, Israel National News slash radio. And Phil, welcome back. We've had a couple weeks apart, uh, and uh, the news is fast and furious this week. I mean, big, big agenda. Okay, of course, the big one being the Trump speech recognizing Jerusalem as the capital of Israel. Uh, it took a long time, uh, 22 years exactly, for the United States to comply with its own laws. Uh, Al Franken and uh, Mike Flynn and a, a whole bunch of other things. So welcome back. Great to see you. Great to see you. I missed you. I missed uh, I missed our audience and I missed this time we spent together on Thursday morning more than anything. Um, this is, I mean, look, it, it would be impossible. And I know, you know, we have talking about, we've talked about this so many times. It's, pro- it's probably impossible to cover everything we've missed in the last two to three weeks. I mean, it's just... Any one hour of a normal news cycle these days could make up uh, could make up an entire show, um, and so look, it has been an, an exciting and interesting couple of days, and uh, I think we should kick it right off with yesterday's speech. I mean, it was a pretty big deal. It big was a, deal. It was it was a very big deal, and I don't want to minimize it at all. But you know, there is a difference between recognizing uh, Jerusalem as the capital of Israel and moving the embassy. Right? We've never actually, you know, and in, in when. The, when presidents have run for office and, and when this president ran for office, he didn't talk about just recognizing, but I think the, on day one, we're moving the embassy to Yerushalayim. I think that's what we heard. And so that hasn't happened yet. And if you look at reports, that, well, it can't happen right that may away. not happen for three or four years. Of course not. you got to build an embassy. Yeah, I think, though, it's it's sort of, man- again, it's all about managing expectations. Look, I want to be very clear. I give the president credit. I'm, I'm, I'm very excited about it. You know, I think, and I'll say this, I'll say this before you get to it, I think, you know, a lot of Democrats are sort of trying to use this as as creating some sort of uproar in the, in the peace process. But I think it was the Wall Street Journal that I read already this morning that was talking about, like, if this is what's going to hurt the peace process, then, like, what kind of peace process do we actually have? Right. And so... Well, there really wasn't much of a... I mean, there's a process... But there really wasn't much going on in that process. I mean, there was just a process for the na- for the sake of having a process. But nobody was negotiating. Right. I mean, that's that's been the big thing. I mean, the, the Palestinians actually have been refusing to negotiate for a couple of years already. They just won't. They won't even negotiate. So, the fact is, is it, and you know, I think the president said it well. Is this is just confirms what the whole world actually knows and what actually exists. Israel, I'm sorry, Jerusalem is Israel's capital. It has been Israel's capital. It's where the government, it's the only country. It is so arrogant for the rest of the world to say, you don't get to pick your capital. We get to pick your capital. And we'll decide where your capital is. Every other country has that, gets that respect. And for some reason, Israel was singled out. And we know Israel singled out for other things. But I think you make a good point is that a lot of people are seeing this through the same lens that they see the president. And, you know, we know the country is polarized. You got to be pretty much of it, you know, have your eyes really closed to not see that. And people are seeing this issue as whether if you like the president, you're absolutely, you're, you're incredibly ecstatic about this. If you don't like the president, you think it's a Bush League, moronic, whatever you want to call it. I mean, just absolutely amateur hour move that you know, was clearly not. The experts were totally against it, and if you don't really, you know, you don't really have strong feelings either way, you know, you're probably saying, well, you know, who cares? And but the 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 thing I think is like almost encouraging violence is that you have a lot. Some of the opponents are out there, and they're writing and they're saying things, and they're saying, 
well, there's going to be violence. There's going to be violence. And almost on cue, you know, we wake up in the morning and guess what? There's violence. Yeah, you know, it's funny. It's like there, there's going to be violence. Like there's violence every day. I mean, right. Michael, you just got back from Israel. There's I mean, no excuse for terrorism. We, we don't need an excuse for terrorism. That's exactly right. I mean, terrorism has been going on. I mean, since 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 I was there, you know, a few years ago and, and you were just there. I mean, it's something that the Israeli people live with every single day. And so, you know, look, it, it kind of what frustrates me um, about you know CNN, right? And uh, this is something that you and I was speaking about earlier. Yeah, of course, when the cameras are there, you know, people are going to tend to do even more. And so it's almost like you know, the the folks in the crowds and 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 the, they're they're throwing the the tires and the glass bottles. They're almost kind of hamming it up for the cameras, right? Um, and it's almost like and, and what bothers me, I think, even more is that all those people who sort of were prognosticating yesterday, well, there's going to be violence. You're essentially like almost telling them to go do it. Like you're okay because we know it's coming, so go ahead. Right. Why not stand up and, and sort of, you know, say whether you agree or disagree, we've got to find ways to move forward. And, and this is what the administration wants to do. But it's almost like, you know, and Democrats are encouraging violence, right? Almost so they can get the moral victory right. in some they way. They can show is the president was wrong. We have to show that the president, that he doesn't know anything, that he does, that he doesn't know where the Middle East is. Right. That's that. That's like, you know, the famous uh, line from his first visit to Israel. You know, Trump doesn't know where the Middle East is. Um, it's. It's, you know, I don't know. I mean, to say once again, okay, so world leaders around, you know, and have this graphic of all the people who are condemning Israel, the United States for their move, and you show Iran, right? The Iranians have come out and they have condemned the United States for this. Is, is that news? I would take it a step farther. It's not even fake news. It's not nothing. It's nothing. Uh, you know, I would take it even a step farther. I mean, like the fact that we're reading statements on the news from Hamas. Right. We're, we're reading statements Hamas from has Hamas. opened the gates of hell. <laughs> I mean, we're talking about a, a a known, admitted sort of terrorist organization that says Israel has, has, has no, no right, right to, to exist. exist at all. And and there and that, those are the statements that I have to read or see on on CNN. And and so, look, I'm a little frustrated. And I have said this time and time again. Look, when the president is wrong, there's no question. I'm willing to say it. But I think the president was right here. I think other presidents who have said they were going to do it. Look. Bill Clinton and George W. Bush both said that this was something they were going to do. Well, wait, wait. Go back even further. Go back to Bush 41. Go back to Ronald Reagan. Go back to Jimmy Carter. Jimmy Carter said that... Jimmy Carter said he was going to move the embassy to Jerusalem. Let that sink in. Yeah, look, this is this is exactly what it comes down to. So I give this president credit, and, and if, if I think... I think we'll have time for one more show before the end of the year, maybe two. But, you know, if we're going to start grading, you know, this is this is not going to take him. And this is what's so fascinating to me, by the way. And this is part of the conversation yesterday because I'm willing to give credit where credit is due. But in some way, if this somehow vindicates or changes sort of an entire year's worth of, of missteps, missteps and blunders and misstatements and and just pure, unadulterated, embarrassing moves from a president, it's not going to do that, right? And so for all the people who I talk to all the time, by the way, who feel the need to sort of, you know, say, you see, you see, he, this is really the greatest presidency in the history of the country. I'm sorry, folks. I'm just not there yet. I'm, I'm happy for this move. I just don't think this changes what, what's gone on for the last year. Yeah, so I'm trying to weigh the, the calculation here. And yeah, I believe that the president goes with his gut. And if you want to think about why he does this, he goes with his gut. His gut has served him well politically, uh, strangely enough. And I, I kind of marvel at it because clearly my gut d 
that he is making all the wrong moves, my gut feeling has been wrong over and over. Everybody has. Don't take it personally. Yeah, no, I don't take it personally. I'm just telling you about my own my own gut check there. But he goes with his gut on this. I it, it look it plays into the Alabama special election coming up, where evangelicals are a huge vote. And people say, "Oh, he did this for the Jews. He did this for Netanyahu. He did this for the right wing." If you folks, Christian. I hate to I hate to say it politically, and I know we have a Jewish audience out there, and I'm going to upset a lot of people out there by saying this. He didn't do this for the Jews. The Jews actually, if you want to look at polling, don't even want this. They they don't want they don't want to be associated with Trump number one. They don't want things controversial. They don't like the pictures of violence out there. They don't like people condemning it on TV. The Jews didn't want this. He did this for the base of the Republican Party, which is his 38%, his 35%, and which is a big factor in the upcoming Alabama special election. We'll get to that a little bit later because that's just such an outrageous situation that's going on there. But that's who he did it for. And that's where the politics are. And he did this for Bannon, and he did this for that wing of the party that's out there, and that's disillusioned as the year closes. He has to keep this promise. And to sign another waiver, he actually did sign the waiver, but to sign the other waiver without the recognition would have been considered by many to be a betrayal because they actually thought that Trump was the disruptor, that Trump was the guy who was going to turn everything upside down. And in fact, he did. He really just, he went ahead and did it. You know, they would talk about 70 years of policy, you know, that's everybody's screaming about. 70 years of policy. I mean, again, it's been the law since 1995 that Jerusalem is the capital. That's actually been U.S. law. And for him to say, he he probably just felt in his gut, I don't want to do this anymore. I don't want to keep this fiction going. I'm not into fictions. I'm not into political correctness. This is all about being politically correct. Israel's always going to be, there's no scenario that anybody can envision, left or right. And the amazing thing is the left in Israel, as opposed to the left here in the United States, the left in Israel is applauding the move. The left in the United States is so confused because they hate Trump so much. But the left in Israel is saying, this is right. I mean, you have across the political political spectrum. And you have a situation where the president is basically saying, Jerusalem is going to be Israel's capital. I don't see any scenario where it's not going to happen. So let's just call it like it is. So uh, I'm going to sort of take democratic privilege for a moment and just sort of, you know, any Democrat could have said, look, Chuck Schumer gave us cover. He's he's sort of supported the move. He wrote a letter a few weeks ago. He you know he has sort of put himself out there saying that he believes that 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 Jerusalem is the capital of Israel. And so any Democrat could have said, you know what, Chuck is there, so like I don't have to jump up. I don't have to. But for like you know, and again, it's it's not the it's not the people who I wouldn't expect. It's the Cory Booker's of the world, right? It's Diane Feinstein. Diane Feinstein. It's like it, it, it's just. People who, who portray themselves, when you hear them speak, I mean, I've never heard a better Dvar Torah than from Cory Booker. I mean, the guy... He's pretty good. He is... He's great. And he gets up and hams it up in front of Jewish crowds and Jewish audiences only to vote for the Iran deal, not sit in on the speech, you know, vote against the Taylor... Be against the Taylor Force Act, and now to sort of come out against this and, and against the president. You know, let's call a spade a spade. I, you know, and I'm, I'll be the first one to, to, to call out Democrats when I think they're wrong. I think, you know... It's it's nice to pander, but like every once in a while, why don't you you show where your heart is? And and I hate to say this, and and, and I know people are going to call me biased, and I have, obviously am. I think Chuck Schumer continues to do that, and, and other sort of ideological sort of left wing Democrats are continuing to be the problem with the party, right? The problem is is not 
the 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 sixty or seventy percent of the people in the middle. It's the right wing faction of the Republican Party. It's the left wing faction of the Democratic Party who are clearly just trying to both both. I want to be very clear. Both are trying to be obstructionist. You've got to find a way that every once in a while, hey, we can get along on something. We yeah. can agree on something. And this, I think, was maybe one of those opportunities that a lot of people missed. Yeah, it's it is disappointing. I have to say, it is. It's just disappointing that, as I said before, that everybody sees it through the same prism in the way they see the president. If you're for the president, great. It's bold. It's ballsy. It's, can I say that? Uh, it's, it's bold. And, you know, he's, he's done what he said he was going to do. Promises kept. And if you don't like the president, it's just another example of his amateurish approach to foreign policy. And he's, he's absolutely killing every United States standing in the world. You know, look, I think when it comes down to it, this is actually going to change very little. It doesn't actually Nothing actually is is going to happen on the ground. Yeah, there's going to be, but is this something? I mean, the Palestinian issue has actually faded significantly from even the Middle East stage. I mean, when you want to think about it, the real crisis crises in the Middle East are not about what's going on in Israel and the territories. Um, you know, the funny thing actually was when I watched Jared Kushner's interview at the Saban Forum on Sunday. I was actually truck troubled a little bit because he kept talking about the linkage that we have to solve the peace problem between Israel and the Palestinians in order to solve all the issues in the in the Middle East. I mean, nobody in Syria and nobody in Iraq and nobody talking about these issues in Yemen really cares. I mean, Yemen is actually a country totally falling apart with a total civil war between Shia and Sunni. And nobody's there is saying, wow, you know, it's if only the Jews and Palestinians would make peace, we'd have peace in Yemen. Uh, it's it's a little bit of these absurdities that just go on and on and on that people want to think, oh, this is the biggest issue in the world and we need to deal with this. So, you know, look, I, I, I think that in the end, um, I guess my question for you, Phil, is what do you will this I mean, do you think this will be a successful move six months down the road? Uh, will this or will this kind of lead to some calamity? Uh, no, I think, look, I think like anything else, you know, it's going to lead to, you know, it's, we're almost going to manufacture the protests and the riots and the, you know, and, it does feel like that, right? And, you and watch the, it, you watch it right now this morning. It feels, it feels manufactured. It does. And so I think that's going to happen. And I think that's something that the Israelis are prepared for. I mean, you know, you, you hear from comments, you seeing, you know, people like Mayor Nir Barkat and, and, and the prime minister are sort of like, this is not something that, that is, they're afraid of. Like I said, you know, we all know, and I think our listeners know is, is that this is something the Israeli people have been living with for a long right. time. And so the, the threat of, of terrorist attacks, it's like there's a threat every single day, right? The pictures on the news of, 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 of Palestinian people throwing rocks at to nobody, right? With, with, the, with the requisite journalist taking a picture. Wait, wait, hold it. Hold that. Hold that yeah, pose. Hold the pose. Hold that pose. Okay, we're ready. Yet. Now throw the rock, <laughs> okay. right? It's like, you know, I, I think it's something you're going to see in the news, um, and then it's something that hopefully will go away. And, and by the way, and I want to say this again because we do not say it enough on this show, is that I give the president credit. But, you know, sort of, and I, I'm, I'm going to sort of, my disclaimer is, is that doesn't change everything that's gone on till now. No, it so doesn't, I'm, it doesn't I'm happy change he that. Did it. I give him credit for it. You know, I still disagree with, with, you know, with, with 99% of the things he's done and the way in which he's acted. But, you know, like, look, life goes on. He deserves this one. I think, I think this is one of those instances where like, you know, 
I don't care what anybody says. I'm going to do it because I want to do it. I think you're absolutely right. You know, the question is what the motives were and why and how we can sit and dig into that. But at the end of the day, it was a, I think it was a good decision. It was yeah. the right decision, and it was a long time overdue. I, w- I want to just end the segment with two points, uh, or and then you can – is two things I saw yesterday from the whole discussion. Number one, uh, Ron Dermer was, I think, just – literally mercilessly attacked over and over on TV, but he, he soldiered on and gave a whole bunch of, uh, to, but the somebody, I forget which interviewer asked him says, well, the president went against his own advisors in recognizing his own advisors cautioned him not to do what they told him was a bad mood. Of course, you know, they're saying, okay, Mattis Tillerson, uh, everything. And, and Dermer actually, Dermer is the Israeli ambassador to the U.S., so I don't understand why they're asking him, like, would he be critical? Of course he's not going to be critical. That's against the rules to be critical of the his, country where you're government in. You want to, right, you just can't, you know, that's not that's not his job to be there. He's there to explain the Israeli position. But he said, rightly so, that in 1947 with the, uh, you know, with the partition plan, I mean, when 1948, when they went, I'm sorry, when, when Israel declared indep- uh, independence, uh, the, the, you know, George Marshall opposed it and counseled him not to do it. And had President Truman listened to his advisors, Israel would not have been recognized and might not have been a viable state. That's that's point number one. I think people should understand that is in the end, the State Department is the State Department. And that's, you know, they're protecting their institutional turf. And number two is this, I think, just absurd thing that now in published in the New York Times this morning. And I heard it in an interview yesterday with Hanan Ashrari and other Palestinian notables who really have no relevance or power. But the idea that this will lead to the emboldening of Jewish messianists who want to go ahead and build the third temple and blow up the mosque. Because, of course, that is the logical extension of the U.S. embassy or Jerusalem being recognized as the capital of Israel. If you do that, all of a sudden you you are claiming and you are going ahead and saying that the eventually the Dome of the Rock is going to be blown up and the third temple is going to be built. I It's just it's bizarre. It's yeah. bizarre, but it's just intended. If you want to encourage violence, you want to inflame violence, that's exactly what you're doing. And uh, okay, look, Phil, let's uh, let's talk about a Democratic problem. Now we talk about a Republican problem. You Al, don't have any problems, Al Franken. I mean, look, it's. I mean, will he go back to Saturday Night Live? I think that's the big question. No, but he, <laughs> this morning he is set to make a big announcement. And I, what 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 intrigues me about this is that, yeah, I I, I mean. Look, he was a comedian, and I'm not excusing it. I think it's just do, but but like you know, he wasn't in office, and I think his job, whatever. But I'm not excusing it at all. I think it's, I think, I think some of the stuff, particularly, don't let yourself get photographed doing pretty awful things. But number two, number Again, two, I don't think it was. I don't number think two, it was funny, but the it, way, he was a comedian, right? The way in which, but he was always a provocative, raunchy guy. I know that, but that that yeah. that was his job. But it seems to me that the Democrats just, they want to grab that moral high ground. They want to say the Republicans are horrible because of Roy Moore and et cetera. And, you know, we're going to expel one of our own really quickly, even though he's called for an investigation after himself. I I feel a little bit uncomfortable defending Al Franken here, but I I just think all of a sudden now everybody just, just the political assassination has kind of gone way, very, very quickly. So, you know, there's a, there's, Obviously, we see it every single day. You wake up to read the news. There's a new accusation. There's whether it's in Hollywood or in the business world or in politics. I will say this, and I don't agree with with a lot of things that have been come out in the last few days. But you know, elected officials and politicians should be held to a higher standard. Now, there's a question of what was done before his time in office. But you know, look, 
you you the the idea is that you're running for office, you're running to represent uh, a people, and you should be held to a higher standard. And so, look, whether they're right to call, you know, I, this idea whether they should be calling for it or not calling for it, whether elected officials should bow to the pressure or should not bow to the pressure, you know, there's sort of, sort of a I think we do have to create some sort of standard or mechanism where these things can actually be investigated and you don't get sort of found guilty in the court of public opinion and that's the end of it. And so I do think that number one, that we have to listen to the threats to the uh, to the accusations. We have to take them credible if they are credible. And then there should be a mechanism, right? Maybe this is something that has to be created, a mechanism to sort of whether it's investigate or make some sort of real determination. But what happens now, it's so arbitrary. I mean, if you've been watching the news for the last month, right, Al Franken, you know, and, and different things have come out and, and different people have said different things. And so you've seen sort of like this roller coaster up and down, up and down. And you think he's fine. You think he's gotten past it. And then something else comes out. I mean, we're going to talk about. I guess if you've done it once, the likelihood is you've probably done it again. I mean, we'll, I, I, I mean, that just seems to be the trend here. We'll talk about the politics in a moment. Yeah, but th- like yesterday was just a day. There was n- nothing happened yesterday. There was another accuser, but I think actually, I think the accuser. I don't think we can. And all of a sudden, after the, the dam just broke, and you know, it started with Christian Gillibrand of New York, and then just by the end of the day, it was like twenty-two or maybe twenty-five. I think it's a thirty actually. Thirty. Wow. Uh, thirty Democratic senators as of yesterday who had. That's asked thirty out of forty-eight. Correct. Who had asked Al Franken to resign? But but let's what you said. I think was exactly right because the Democrats. I think here are, are maybe and again in this this shouldn't be. I, I I started this conversation saying that we should not politicize these things. However, I'm now going to politicize it. Okay? Everything is political, right? I'm now going to politicize it. The fact is, the Democrats absolutely will leading up to a special election in in Alabama next week. The Democrats are cleaning house. They want to be the party of we got rid of Conyers. He was bad. We got rid of Franken. He's bad. Hey, Republicans, what are you going to do next? Right. You have you have a, a an accused pedophile. Yeah. Folks, this is not just, you know, there's there's something between accusation, you know, that someone I got into this debate last week. Well, you know, and, and I was making the claim, well, there's accusations against President Donald Trump, right? Many, many dozens of accusations against Donald Trump. And so someone's like, well, where's the proof, right? Show me the proof. I'm not sure what kind of proof you're you're talking about or you're looking for exactly. But, you know, let's be clear. Roy Moore was banned from a mall. He was banned from a mall in Alabama because he was stalking little girls. He, let's, he, let's that sink in for he a moment. He actually admitted to dating teenagers. Um, now, but don't worry. He had their mother's permission. Yeah, it's it's his own admission. I had their mother's permission. It's creepy. It's that, that, that's that's creepy, what it comes down right to. Word. That's what it comes down to. It's really creepy. And so, going back to and, Al Franken for a moment, just sorry, and I, I know we want to get this, but going back to Al Franken for a moment, yeah, the Democrats, I think, are trying to cover themselves. We, you know, we had accusations against members of our party. We expelled them. We forced them to resign. I think this is going to put. You know, Mitch McConnell and the Repu- and Paul Ryan and the Republicans on guard right now. Like, what are they going to do? There's Republican members of the House that are currently under accusation. Are the, are the Republicans calling them out? What's going to happen when Roy Moore, and I think he will be elected, what happens when Roy Moore gets elected? What are the Republicans going to do? I always looked at the Republican Party as as a moral voice as well. And <laughs> no, I did. I'm sorry for laughing. No, I, I think it should be. And I think that actually broke down with the president and you know where there's been this disconnect with president, the election of President Trump. There's been this disconnect of, well, we don't have any expectations from him because... Um, you know, he's not running to be uh, a minister or anything like that. Uh, you know, it, it's troubling. It's really troubling. And it's really troubling that you would have a guy like Roy Moore who just will 
is so defiant and it's so anti-establishment and you're trying to destroy the guy. I mean, look, I have to say, 30 women don't come out uncoordinated. And maybe, look, if you want to find some kind of connection between all of them, it just doesn't happen. I mean, why would anybody put themselves through that? Yes, one, two, sometimes I think that that could happen. But this wasn't that. And and the whole idea, the fake news, Washington Post trying to destroy him. I mean, these are well-researched stories with corroborating dates and facts. And yeah, if you want to disprove them, then he should sue them, like he said, and should sue them for defamation. And then there'll be a trial and he'll be deposed. He's not willing to go on TV. He's not willing to be interviewed. He's not willing to do anything under oath. But yet the women should. I, look, a lot of this devolves into what he said, she said. But I'm with you on this one. I mean, I just don't understand politically why the Democrats seem to be shooting themselves in the foot on this. And just Republicans. No, the Democrats as well. And going after, you know, why are you, you, you let it sit until the next. I don't think they're getting going to get any credit. I think the people in in I think the people in Alabama are not saying, "Ooh, you did a good job without Franken. We're going to vote for a Democrat now. No, no, no. See, you're missing you, the point. This is so not about. Please, so tell me the point. No, so this is not about the. Look, it's not about the people of Alabama. This so is who's about it the about? Power. If it's about politics, Roy Moore will be the, the only political- face of the Republican Party in the 2018 election. Now, you tell me in purple states. Forget if he's look, elected red states versus blue states. You know, yeah. look, you're not getting that many Republican senators elected in California and New York, and you're not getting many Democrats elected in Alabama. Let's talk about. You could. Talk- you could get. <laughs> Doug Jones elected in Alabama. Let's talk. You know, about- actually, he's a great, great example. Doug Jones would probably be a cruising to election if he was pro-life, but the Democrats won't allow somebody who's pro-life to to run. Wow! Look, no, look no, no you- I'm just, I'm look, giving you a political. Look, I mean, no, it's it's a political reality. I get that, but here's the bottom line. Doug Jones is not a pedophile, okay? I, He's not an accused pedophile. Dude, so, so like, am, I, su- your am I supporting Roy Moore here? No, no, no. no but, but, but I'm saying idea. the Democrats are, are practicing stupid politics. Oh, uh, just the I, look. I would say just the opposite. I mean, you go into 2018, right? And by the way, in 2018, you're going to see the impact of the tax plan. We're not going to get into the tax plan today, but you're going to see the impact. People are going to see the impact of the tax plan and the fact that it's the only real piece of legislation that got done this year and, and that's going to get done. And so. I think people are going to sort of have issue with the Republican Party and their inability to actually do anything in Congress. But, but Roy Moore is going to be the face of the Republican Party, right? That is what's going to happen. And so Democrats are going to go into every single election in purple states all across the country, House elections, Senate elections, and basically make Roy Moore the face of the Republican yeah. Party, a, an accused pedophile. And like, I think what you said exactly right, right? Sue them in a court of law. Be deposed. He, he won't be. He, but not it's, the president didn't do long. that either, right? The president made that during the campaign. I'm, when, once I'm elected president, I'm going to sue every one of those women for for defamation. He didn't do it. Why? Because he's afraid of doing it. Because the truth will come out. Roy Moore now has avoided the press. He's avoided. You know, he's avoided any sort of confrontation. He goes only to soft, comfortable rallies, only places where he knows. And here's the worst part. Mitch McConnell, who said, we're considering uh, running a write-in, we're pulling all our money, the RNC saying we're not going to give any money, only then once again yesterday to transfer another $170,000 and more money into the account. And so the Republicans are not only embracing this, they are owning it. The President of the United States has endorsed, has absolutely endorsed it's a, huge a pedophile mistake. for the United States Senate. And so I hate to say it, you can't hide from that. You it's can't a hu- hide. Huge mistake, I think. On, on and and this has really opened a lot of fault lines within the Republican Party as well. Al- the, the crazy thing is that Alabama is not exactly representative of the country. It's not exactly representative of the Republican Party 
either, which kind of... You, <laughs> it, no, no, I'm just saying, look, there's a plenty of people out there. There are plenty of Republicans but the Republican there. establishment have jumped on board. No, most of the Republican establishment actually has run away. The president who Speaker, controls the RNC... Look, they, Speaker Ryan and Mitch McConnell... Have, and run, away, have run away from Roy Moore. Not, Absol- in the la- not in the last couple of days. Absol- they haven't. They're Absol- all coming back. And they, they have not. Mitch McConnell has basically said that he will be subject to an ethics investigation if he gets to the Senate. He's also said, let the people of Alabama decide. Well, which ultimately, is the, the people of Alabama are going to decide. I'm not that's not, that's not, a, like look, innocuous statement. But, you know, look, the people of Alabama are going to decide. I hope they vote for Doug Jones. I'm saying that right now. I think it's an abomination to vote for, not just because of, not just because he's a creepy pedophile. Okay. In addition, the guy was thrown off the Supreme Court for failing to follow the law. He took an oath as a judge to uphold the Twice. Constitution. He was thrown out, and the and his judicial ethics body found that he lied to them as a sitting judge. Right. Right. As a sitting judge, he lied under oath. This is that's that's a big problem. You can't have a I, and and this is a moral voice. You can't have a person who who flou- openly flouts the law, who decides what laws they want to follow and what laws they don't. And they watch don't. what I'm able to. And, and let's see. Look, next week we're going to be able to talk about this and be able to find out to, to figure out. How, I can't wait to see the results of this and, election. And here's exactly what you, what you just said. And here's what I think the Democrats are going to do. That is the Republican Party. Right? Okay. Immoral, illegal. Wow. You know, people that's, are just simply broad, unfit for that's, office. That's a very broad yeah. brush. And, and by that's the way, a very the broad brush. But let's talk. Let's talk about one. Republican misstep right now, okay? And that is the hiring of Mike Flynn. Okay, once again, I'm going to tell you that Chris Christie has never looked so good as telling the president, and actually now claiming in an interview yesterday, that he was actually, the reason he was fired from the transition, the reason right after the election happened, Chris Christie was thrown over is because he opposed Mike Flynn as National Security Advisor. Mike Flynn, and people say, well, only he was one count, he pled guilty to one count of lying to the FBI. You're in the White House three days and you lie to the FBI? About what? Uh, for what? I think that what's so what? what what's so f- confusing to me is he didn't have to lie. He could have said, "Yet yeah, my job as part of the transition is to start to build relationships with foreign diplomats." There's nothing illegal about that. But, There's no problem. But why did he not realize he was being recorded? If he's talking to the Russian ambassador, he's an intelligence agent. <laughs> and then why lie about it? Why? It's bizarre. I, I can't even understand this. And I say, look, Flynn obviously knows. Flynn was there. Flynn's sitting in there on the inside. This is deep trouble for, I mean, look, the only place to go, if he took a deal, the only place to go is up. And there are very few people above him on the food chain. So it's funny. When Manafort and, and Papadopoulos um, were sort of going through what they went through about a month ago, and everybody's like, oh, they're nobodies. Oh, they weren't really. And and, and only to watch. It's Papadopoulos so got the coffee. And then here's here's the funniest part, right? And even to, to listen to Fox News and to, to again to so many of my friends who like to to, to to poke me on things like this, this idea that that this is um, that this is it's nothing, it's no big deal. He only see, he only pled guilty for telling a lie. So clearly that's all they got. No no no, guys, you got it wrong. This is only the next step because there is so much more to come. And I stopped commenting because I I think you and I both agree. More is coming. He has cut a deal. He is going to 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 sing a song that that clearly we haven't heard before. Because Robert Mueller p- 
picked the lightest thing that he can do in terms of of sentencing and a guilty plea only to ensure that he gets all the information he needs out of out of Flynn. Yep. Well, stay tuned for this one because it's this is this one is not going to end and it probably isn't going to end well for the administration. That's it here at Spin Class. Oh, last point of the week. It's not going to be a spin of the week. It's actually be shameful of the week. Uh, Steve Bannon going after Mitt Romney strangely enough, for being a missionary in France during the Vietnam War when men were laying down uh, in rice paddies, getting killed, and Mitt Romney was following God and, and service uh, to his... I have to say, I mean, look, I, 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 don't, I don't know the imperative. Steve Bannon didn't serve in Vietnam. But guess who also didn't serve in Vietnam? Roy Moore. Donald Trump. <laughs> and, you know, this is... And not only, I mean, with very uh, specious deferments, I don't know why you would go there. But that's I, that's a question for another week. We are out of time here on Spin Class. Here on the Nachum Single Network. Stay tuned for Jew with the City Speaks with Allison Josephs.